We are playing buy or sell today with the Chargers' best performances and overreactions after week four, including if Jamari Sawyer just put together one of the best rookie debuts we've ever seen and maybe even change the trajectory of the Chargers season. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for six seasons. And we're in our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. And also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. And David we're doing buy or sell today, and we always have some good things to buy or sell on, and I plan on doing both today because there's certain things that I don't agree with that I've seen kind of floating out there. But it starts with Jamari Sawyer and what his performance was like and just how good it was. One of the best we've ever seen by a Chargers rookie, especially an offensive lineman under Tom Telesco. And then I think it's also, you know, on offense, the running back situation. We are done with the running back by committee. There doesn't seem to be any kind of hot hand or anything going into that, so more Isaiah Spiller, less running back by committee. But it's also time to wonder, David, is Asante Samuel Jr. CB1? And kind of by default, is it time to worry about J.C. Jackson? And we'll get into as well, maybe the Chargers getting an X-factor back offensively that can solve their big play problem. But, David, Jamari Sawyer was awesome on Sunday against the Texans. It was truly a special performance by a six-round offensive lineman who is supposed to be transitioning to guard. So buy or sell starts here today. Did Jamari Sawyer... Just put up one of the best Chargers rookie performances, rookie debuts that we've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the situation and you consider all of the factors, I mean, you you can't help but say that Jamari Sawyer did have one of the best rookie performances that we've seen in, in recent history. I think also another one pops up in, in into your mind, Justin Herbert, you know, get, getting uh that uh, they're really, really short notice before he had to start his first game and thrown for over 300 yards. Taking the Chiefs, the Super Bowl champion Chiefs to overtime. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So that that definitely one that comes to mind. I went and looked, uh, went back and looked and see if LT had a, a good debut, but he, he didn't have a good debut actually until his second game. That's where he kind of went off 25 plus carries, 100 plus yards. But Jamari Sawyer was fantastic in this football game and the Houston Texans especially their defensive ends really did a great job of getting after the quarterback through the first couple of games of the season so you know they're, they're not <laughs> Jadavian Clowney or Miles Garrett who you know he's going to go up against potentially next week against Cleveland but these guys had some sacks uh, on on their resumes throughout this uh you know first you know, beginning games, part yeah. of the season. So for Jamari Sawyer to not give up a single pressure and over 40 plus pass blocking snaps is nothing short of amazing for a sixth round rookie to step up right there. A guy who has been transitioning to guard all summer long and get the call to play left tackle again and play like that. What a performance, incredibly important performance by Jamari Sawyer. Yeah, I mean, I'm buying that in a big way. Obviously, you know, the Chargers go back a long time, and I'm sure there's rookies that had great performances that didn't turn out being great too, right? I think it works yeah. both ways. You can go back to last year where Rashawn Slater had almost 50 pass blocking snaps and allowed exactly zero pressures 
just last season starting at left tackle as a rookie. But context matters. Brashawn Slater was a first-round pick, so that makes a big difference. And, I mean, for the Chargers, Brashawn Slater might have been, you know, I guess Trey Pipkins was the first cut offensive lineman the Chargers draft under Tom Telesco. I mean, he's looked really good, too, and deserves a big shout-out for how well he's played and the fact that we're not talking about him through four weeks, almost a quarter of the season. At the same time, Jamari Sawyer being thrown into action, right? Getting all of his reps at guard during the, you know, training camp in the offseason to come in there and fill in and go up against someone like Jerry Hughes that had four sacks coming into the games and not not allowing a single pressure to him, things like that. I mean, that is huge. But, like, I started thinking about it a little bit more, David, and I came up with this buy or sell here, which is did Jamari Sawyer's or Jamari Sawyer's performance change the trajectory of the Chargers season? Are you buying or selling that? I'm I'm buying it actually, and the reason why is because when your all pro left tackle Rashawn Slater went down with a bicep injury that is going to take the majority of his season, I think that you were looking around and saying, "Who's going to play tackle for the Chargers? Who is going to be able to protect right. Justin Herbert's blind side? Who is going to step up? It can't be Storm Norton. We've seen that before. We know that that's not going to work." Who are they going to get the opportunity to? And they give it to Jamari Sawyer, and he goes out and performs like that. It's absolutely incredible. But also, let's keep in mind that the real tests are still to come. That was a fantastic first performance by him with very little prep work, which he's going to be able to watch the tape and get better from this performance and go out there and try to put a plan together to go up against two guys that are probably two of the best in the league if they play. Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, just a couple of freaks of nature, guys that are completely rare. I mean, they're just Adonises as pass rushers. So that's going to be a very, very real, true test. But if Jamari Sawyer goes up there and stones that set of pass rushers, then you can really feel very, very good. But, I mean, hey, consider you got this guy in the sixth round and he went out there and played like that. If he's able to even come up with – you know, part of that quality of play throughout the season, it definitely makes you feel so much better about what the Chargers offensive line is going to look like this season. Yeah, and I mean, I think it just, you know, with the offensive line goes this team to a certain extent, and Justin Herbert's good under pressure, and he's great, you know, in the pocket as far as his pocket management and pocket presence, but oh yeah, you still need, you know, a competent offensive line, and it was hard to just 100% be sold on that with Storm Norton going out there at left tackle. We're looking at a bunch of outside options, and the guy in-house, I mean, I think last week it was literally, hey, is there an in-house option for the Chargers, and we were both selling that. We are both buying that in a big way this week. And Jamari Sawyer is going to be a future, you know, the future of this offensive line. And him and Corey Lindsley, right? And Trey Pipkins, even now Zion Johnson. Like, that's an exciting core to kind of grow with for Justin Herbert. And I think even in the running game, they had their best performance of the season. And Jamari Sawyer was good as a run blocker, better as a pass blocker in this game. And the run blocking, I mean, that's going to come with a lot of chemistry and things he has to gain. At the same time, David, one of the biggest things I took away from yesterday is it's time for the running back by committee to die. And, and I'm, I'm done with it. Please. So I have the buy or sell here for you today. The Chargers need to abandon the running back by committee. Absolutely. I'm buying it. I yeah. mean, they, they need to get rid of that whole concept altogether. They need to start giving the football to the best qualified running backs that have shown what they are going to do throughout this season. The stats are like this. Four games played, 45 attempts, 140 yards for Austin Eckler, only 3.1 yards 
per carry average there. But, you know, he did kind of break out in this Houston game, scoring three touchdowns. The guy who's kind of been consistent every time he's touched the football this year is Josh Kelly. He's the only running back that's averaging over four yards a carry so far, 13 attempts, 55 yards. And I've said it multiple times. The guy has juice. He's got real speed, decisiveness. He's explosive. It just seems like every time he is getting a carry, he's getting five or six yards and he's running tough. He's falling forward. You're seeing all of the type of things that you want to see out of a running back and a guy who looks like he is going to be a key member of this running back group if he gets enough carries to make a difference. 100%. I, I mean, I think for me, it's not even as much of an indictment on Sony Michelle. Like, I think Sony Michelle has been fine. I just think it's a super low ceiling there. And I also think the coaching staff doesn't have any concept of, hey, this guy's got a hot hand, right? To see what Austin Eckler and Josh Kelly did in that first half and then to immediately go to Sony Michelle. Doesn't make it any makes sense. me think you don't trust the ball security of Austin Eckler and Josh Kelly. That's one thing, especially with that yeah. big league. But the other part of it is, is just like, hey, you're trying to do too much. I'd rather see the upside potentially with Isaiah Spiller, who, you know, consequentially is really, really good in tight spaces. Right. And yeah. is a guy that doesn't need a lot of space to get positive yardage. I'd like to see that. Brandon Staley says he's competing to be one of the top three running backs on this roster. I don't know what's going on in practice, but I do know what I've seen on the field during games. And that has shown me, okay, I like Josh Kelly. I think Austin Eckler turned a corner, and those two were easily the two best running backs in the last game. Tony Michelle goes six for 11. He had a couple of good receptions where he kept drives going and got first yeah. downs. He did what he needed to do, but I've just seen it. Like I've seen the ceiling. I've seen the floor of Sony Michelle. I'll take maybe a potentially lower floor with Isaiah Spiller and potentially a higher ceiling to see what this guy has, right? Because right now you're not seeing the third-round pick, JT Woods. You're not seeing fourth-round pick, Isaiah Spiller. Like, you want to see these guys on the field. You just had your fifth-round pick, Atito Abonia, as a, a healthy scratch in the last game, kind of head-scratchingly. So I, I'm ready to see it. I don't really need the running back by committee. You know, I definitely think you can do a change of pace thing. I don't be okay with Josh Kelly even getting the most snaps as a pure rusher. Yeah, But I don't need it to be, okay, this guy comes in here. This guy comes in then. This guy comes in then. I just don't think it just feels necessary. too forced, and, and it needs to be more natural and organic. If someone has got the hot hand, if they're moving the football, they need to get the ball point blank, period. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like that's the case. But we do have to get into the defensive side of things here, and I think it's a fair buy or sell, David, to say, Asante Samuel Jr. is CB1 right now, so we're going to buy or sell that. And also, if we are worried about J.C. Jackson, who is the prized acquisition in free agency, had a rough first two games for the Chargers. Is it time to be concerned about that? We're getting into that, but I love talking about offensive linemen. It definitely gets me going. But the one thing that gets me going in my day is AG1 from Athletic Greens. It's a product I use literally every day, and I started taking AG1 because I heard about it on the podcast, just like you are now. And I wanted to see what all the hype was about and really what it is is with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, aging, all of the things it's helping with. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and it's recommended by professional athletes entrusted by the leading health experts. Tons of people are taking some kind of multivitamin anyways, it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's the one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Right now, guys, it's time to reclaim your health 
and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one one scoop in a cup every day. It's super easy to do. I do it every day. No need for a million different pills. Nobody wants to do that. Take one scoop. You're getting everything you need, and to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Continuing our buy and sell here on the defensive side of things, and I think one of the biggest questions I had going into the season was about Asante Samuel Jr. Because we saw a really confident kind of up-and-coming player when he started with the Chargers as a rookie, and naturally there was ups and downs. But you saw why they drafted him. You saw the feistiness. You saw him making plays on the football. You saw a couple of interceptions early in the year last year, and you got it. Even though it wasn't perfect, even though he had a couple flags, got deep a couple of times, you understood why they would spend a second-round pick on that guy. And after he came back from his second concussion, it just really wasn't the same. So I had some, I think, very reasonable questions. And David, I think he surpassed all of my expectations early on through four games. And probably has an argument that he's been the Chargers' best corner so far this year. So if I'm saying Asante Samuel Jr. right now is CB1 for this team, are you buying it or selling it? I mean, if you look at the stats, it's pretty clear and obvious to me that that yes, I'm buying the fact that right now Asante Samuel Jr. is your CB one and the stats back that up. Twenty one receptions, 30 on 32 targets, 200 yards, six stops. He's got an interception in there. He has given up two touchdowns. But here's the key stat that I love that I kind of saw here doing a little research on this is he had four pass breakups and 168 coverage snaps so far this season. He had seven and 396 coverage snaps all of last season. So he is in position. He is getting his hands on the football. He is being disruptive. I've already told you so many times how many how many times I love how he tackles an open space. It seems like that confidence is back. That swagger is back. And it shows in the stats. Asante Samuel Jr. is playing great football through the first quarter of the season. Yeah, so this is a trick question because I think if you're talking about outside corners, he's definitely CB1. But hey, let's be honest, Bryce Callahan has been the Chargers' best corner so far this season. So I'm selling it a little bit, at least as far as all of their cornerbacks. I mean, Bryce Callahan so far has been everything and more of the Chargers. Yeah, he's been phenomenal. Yeah. 60.3 passer rating allowed, which is nuts. Only allows 52.9% of his targets to become completions. Yeah. And he has two interceptions, which seems like it's kind of getting slept on here a little bit. Yeah, Harder, no, you know, you're right. Imagine. Two interceptions there. Only 6.6 yards per catch from Bryce Callahan this year. That's awesome. I love Asante Samuel Jr. I think he has been outside CB1, which is an important position, right? That's where the guys make the money on the outside, and he's been great. Uh, I love his physicality. He does have four missed tackles, so it's kind of a a give and take with that. But three of those were in week one. So that means in the last three weeks, only one missed tackle that he's had so far. And we all know that first week against Devontae Adams was a really tough matchup for him. Yeah, tough for anybody. This is another thing I like. I mean, 90.6 passer rating allowed. That's really good by NFL standards. But this this is how I think you know kind of he's stayed very connected. He has given up a couple touchdowns, even in that touchdown he gave up last week. I mean, literally zero separation from Brandon Cooks. Just a really yeah. good throw, really good catch made by Brandon Cooks. But only 17 yards after the catch allowed over the last three weeks on 12 receptions. That's less than one and a half yards after the catch per, you know, 
that's limiting every, the damage right there. That hundred percent. It means he's the right play. there, even when he's not, you know, breaking at the pass. He's right there to make the tackle. That's a really, really good average on yeah. not allowing you know receptions to become bigger plays, and that's him also being able to tackle, which I think has really, really gotten better, especially yes. since week one and those three missed tackles. But on the flip side of that, David, it comes. You know, we have to talk about J.C. Jackson. I think that's one of the things people are worried about so far because they think of two things. A fifty yard for fifty eight yard catch that he allowed last game, right, to Nico yeah. Collins. Yeah. And then before that, it was a forty one yard touchdown allowed to some receiver nobody's ever heard of on the Kansas City Chiefs for a touchdown. There's layers to it, right? Nazir Adderley was supposed to be over the top on at least one of those, probably both of those plays. But either way, David, it's hard to, you know, argue with this guy getting paid as much as he has that he's lived up to the hype so far. So we should be worried about JC Jackson at this point by or sell. I mean, you look at the stats here, and it's definitely it's very yeah. alarming. It does not look pretty. It's nine receptions on ten targets. So, I mean, you can do the math there, and it's it's not very in favor for J.C. Jackson. 187 yards, of course, and those two 40-plus yard receptions that were given up and the touchdown. So that's not pretty. But also, uh, I'm selling it because yeah. – J.C. Jackson has not really practiced fully the entire season. Was it so, one practice? Something yeah, like that? one yeah. practice. So uh, I think we got to pump the brakes a little bit. You know, he, this guy is still working, getting his legs under him, trying to get comfortable, trying to get confident. I mean, let this guy work into practice. Let him get his reps that he really needs. And then let's kind of get the barometer going. I think it's way too early in the season to have any kind of judgment on what J.C. Jackson is going to bring to the table. This is the beginning of the journey, not the middle, not the end. So let's look at this with some perspective. So I am selling on that with J.C. Jackson. Yeah, I'm selling it too at this point. I mean, I think Chargers fans are right to be alarmed because the thing is, is you're getting all the negative plays without the interceptions, right? And he's right. only played in two games. And J.C. Jackson is a guy who's always taken some chances and he gets yeah. beat from time to time. That's kind of always been his M.O. Sure. But it always comes with the, you know, asterisk next to it. Okay, hey, I gave up these plays, but I also have 17 interceptions the yeah. last two seasons, which more yeah. than makes up for it. You know what I mean? So for me, I, I think it definitely is going to take some more time. He's only played in two games so far. Interesting thing to me, David, is Michael Davis hasn't played a single defensive snap in the two games that J.C. Jackson has played. So Michael Davis, clearly CB4. J.C. Jackson right now is CB3, I guess, on this team. But I'm going to give him, you know, the benefit of the doubt, especially early on. He does have the big contract. He knows that, too. Yeah, He's just too good of a player. His ball skills are too good. He doesn't. Players like that don't fall off at the age he's at. It just doesn't no. make sense. So he's going to work into it. He's going to get better in the scheme. And I think he's going to figure it out. But one more quickly here, David, and Nazir Adderley was someone that we kind of crammed before the season as a breakout candidate, you know, and I said I was never going to do it again. Then I did it. Now I'm regretting it to some extent. So I just – here's the buy or sell here. We were too early in crowning Nazir Adderley. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely looks that way. Uh, I mean, so, you're buying so yeah, I got to buy it, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, I'm a big Nas fan. I, I love uh, what I've seen out of Nas – Tough the last game, year, you know, obviously yeah, too. but you know, it, it's been a tough start for him. Six receptions on seven targets, 97 yards, a long of 31, 11 tackles. He does have a forced fumble, does have that interception that he just got. Um, and so, you know, it, it hasn't been good though. There's been a couple, the, the missed tackles have been really bad, have led to some really big plays. Nas is your free safety. You know, he's one of your last line of defense type of defenders. So you got to have a sure tackler 
in, in that position. And unfortunately for Nas through the first couple of games in the season, he hasn't been that kind of end zone protector that the Chargers need. And, I, and like the thing is, I feel like he's been fine. You know what I mean? This yeah. isn't even necessarily a, a, a huge indictment. It's a bad game to defend him because he didn't get a hand on Damian Pierce on the 75 yard touchdown. And like, that was a bad look. It was a bad angle that he took. Either yeah. way, that's a very, very large hole to try to cover that man or, you know, to tackle that man like that yeah. as a free safety one-on-one. And he also didn't get over the top on that Nico Collins 58-yard play that, you know, injected some life into the Houston Texans offense, which sure. they really didn't have any, you know. Still feels like he's just a step late on some of these big plays, and you keep thinking, you know, he's going to take that leap. He hasn't taken that leap yet, but the season is still early. If we're going to yes. wait a little bit on J.C. Jackson, I'll wait a little bit, you know, on his ear Adderley and hope he can figure it out. I mean, he I think overall he's been much better in run defense yeah. this season and filling holes and things like that. But there's just certain plays where he just looks lost. And you would hope to not see that right in year four in a contract year. And I just think it kind of puts a cloud over the entire safety unit because it's like, who yeah. do you feel good about right now besides Derwin James? You have JT Woods who can't get on the field defensively. Alohi Gilman, we know the flaws he brings. And Nazir yeah. Adderley, obviously – Still carrying some flaws of his own. Still a lot of time, though. I mean, he should have two interceptions if the one Bryce Callahan dumb, you know, penalty gets called back and he would have already yeah. doubled his career interceptions already in 2022. Maybe that makes it feel a little differently. Either way, both of those interceptions, there wasn't a lot. It wasn't him ball hawking. It wasn't him going up at the catch point and fighting for no. a ball. This one was a, an airmail that he just happened to be in the right place in the right time, right? So that's nice to see it. You don't get a ton of credit for, you know, catching a ball that you should catch. So I, I <laughs> yeah. think it's still early to say on Nazir Adderley, but the early returns haven't been obviously what we were expecting. I do think I would bet on him being better down the stretch of the season than we've seen him be so far. But we do have more things to get into because we want to get into the special teams unit. If it's still an anchor on this team, and still one of the sore spots on a team that is obviously two and two through four games and getting into if Donald Parham could be the X factor that gets this Chargers offense looking as explosive as we want it to be. But I would bet on Donna Barham making a big impact when I place my bets. I only do it at one place, and it is at betonline.net, the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast, where I put all of my bets, and it's been a great time to be placing bets because it's football season. And in football season, you can sit there for It's like the only time you're allowed to sit somewhere for like nine hours and just watch all football. And if you're doing that and you're not doing it with BetOnline, you're doing something wrong. Because let me tell you, it definitely adds a lot more juice to the game because when you're using BetOnline, they're getting the most creative ways to place your bets. They make it fun over at Bet Online, And it's also the best place to find all the player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head on over to BetOnline.net. Or use your mobile device to learn more at Bet Online, where the game starts. Special teams, David, were was really one of the biggest sore spots for the Chargers last year. We all know how bad the yeah. defense was, giving up 27 points per game. But again, it was like almost in a historically bad special teams unit last year. And somehow they improved from the 2020 unit, right? The small improvement they made was not enough to help Darius Swinton keep his job. Chargers went in a different direction and only, you know, the second year of Brandon Staley making that change. 
It's still hard to kind of, you know, dissect, though, David, how much the Chargers are really getting out of their special teams, how much it's potentially even hurting them. So this is the buy or sell for today. The special teams is still a big problem for the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, looking at this special teams unit, the, there are some things that still don't look right. But uh, I, I'm I'm going to sell that because I don't think it's a big problem at <laughs> this point in time. There's definitely it isn't some, until it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. They haven't lost any football games because of special teams so far <laughs> throughout this yeah. beginning part. That's not of the necessarily season. the bar you want to where you want to no, set the bar. No, it at, is not. Yes, but I, I mean, with the Chargers, we know the bar. No disaster plays. Is right. very, very low. Yeah, yes. no disaster plays so far. No, no disaster plays. But you look at the kick returns. Um, the punt return has been pretty good. I mean, five returns, 47 yards, along a 12, 9.4 yards per, uh, which is good. I mean, that, that's much, much better than it has been. But the kick returns uh, have not been good. And that's kind of what, you know, DeAndre Carter's MO was as a returner. He was always better as a punt returner than he was as a kick returner. Hopkins has been good. Five of six on field goals. Hasn't missed any extra points. 11 on 11 there. Uh, and J.K. Scott. J.K. Scott's been been pretty decent. Um, not great on the average, but it's more about the hang time than the average for J.K. Scott. 44.4, yeah. which is 27th in the league. The one good thing that he has done, though, is he has dropped eight punts inside the 20, which is tied for seventh in the league. So some positive things. Still some things that definitely scare you, like the coverage, but uh, a couple of things to at least build on going forward in the season. Yeah, I, I mean, J.K. Scott's not the problem. Uh, no. I, I mean, I think he's a, a very high floor, low ceiling type of player, and by that I mean you're never going to get the distance that you're hoping for by some of these big-legged you know, punters. He's the second worst as far as just average distance. Yeah. But he's... 16th in net average right and that is including the punt returns from that and that is one thing that has increased a lot from last year is on his 18 punts the opposing team has only gotten 36 yards off those returns right so that, no return touchdowns he hasn't gotten any blocked he's been good at the you know whole process josh harris doing his part as well getting these punts off there's been a couple of close calls Justin Hopkins has been whatever. I mean, he hasn't hit anything over 50 yards at all, right? Missed one, you know, 40-something yarder at one point. Five of six is fine. The kickoff returns last week were egregious. I mean, yeah. it was just really, really bad. They should Ugly. not be taking the ball out of the end zone ever uh, if it's going to look like that because not only did you only average 17 yards per return, which if we're keeping track at home, well, you get the, the 25 yards. 100%. I mean, a couple of those, though, like, if you're on the goal line, Stay in, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you sure. know, if, you, if you're half a yard deep, stay in. I know yeah. they were they were tempting them to take it out, you know, shallow in the end zone. And a couple times he didn't. But you get 25 yards on a touchback, right? You can't average right. 17 yards. The longest one was 21. So he never actually yeah. got back. The blocking wasn't great. That's not all on DeAndre Carter. He no. got smoked pretty much every time he touched yeah, the ball. Yeah, it was and ugly. He, and also fumbled. I don't think the special teams are still a big problem. I think they still are a problem. And I think right now you're maybe looking at a bottom third group in the NFL. But I mean, if you're going from 27 to 20, I mean, it's still a big an improvement. <laughs> and if they can keep away from those disaster plays, I think it'll be fine. The yeah. problem is, is it's just still hard to see the Chargers gaining any advantages from their special teams unit, right? Like yeah. it, it's hard to, to look at the pauses and be like, this is where the Chargers are winning themselves games because they're doing this or that on special teams. Like, I just – I'm not getting that vibe from it at all. The numbers aren't really showing that either. But J.K. Scott, I think you're going to sacrifice the total length of the punts 
for the lack of explosive returns. And they have been able to do that. Their punt coverage unit has been pretty good. Shout out to Jasir Taylor and some of those young guys out there making yeah. plays on punt returners. But it is what it is. It's, it's better than last year. It's still not good. And that's kind of where we're at right now. But there is some exciting developments happening this week, David, including Brandon Staley saying this about giant behemoth tight end Donna Parham. He said, we're shooting for him to come back this week. You know, paraphrasing there. Like I told you guys last week, I really want him to get back and practice, make sure he had his legs underneath him, getting into pads and really experiencing practice. We're hoping for another full week of practice and get him in the game on Sunday against Cleveland. This is great news, David, because Donald Parham is, you know, one of those different kind of dudes. There's not a ton of dudes that totally stand out physically in the NFL compared to their counterparts, but he absolutely is one of those guys standing at six foot eight, right? Yeah, being able to run forward playing football. Yeah, he runs a four or six. So <laughs> there's been a lot of talk about the Chargers offense. I mean, we didn't do this controversial by ourselves. Maybe we'll save it for tomorrow. You know, is Joe Lombardi getting better? Because I actually kind of like the way he called plays on Sunday against the Texans. But let's go with this instead. Donald Parham will help the Chargers fix their big play problem. Are you buying or selling it? Help? Yes, I am buying the the fact that he will help. If he is healthy, he was one of the Chargers kind of sneaky yards after catch guys last year. He's really good in the open field. I mean, it, yeah. it doesn't really kind of make a lot of sense because he's really long and lanky. I mean, he's six foot eight, has you know ridiculously long limbs and and long strides, but he's smooth. He's smooth in the open field. Like he he really does get yards after catch very effortlessly. And, you know, he's a walking skyscraper, you know, so yeah. he's a, a red zone threat pretty much every time they get in that area. He, he's a mismatch. There's no defender that's anywhere close to his size. So you throw it up, you know, with that catch radius, with that size differential. I mean, it's definitely going to help add some explosive plays to this Chargers offense. I don't see how you can see it any other way. Yeah, it's not going to fix everything because some, no. of, some of it's schematics, right? Some of it's Justin Herbert not wanting to pull, put the ball in, in harm's way. You know, that's part of it as well. But I do think it helps them, first of all, in just overall speed on offense. That's something yeah. that as a team, they don't have a ton of. Sure. That is a hot commodity for the Chargers. They don't have a lot of speed offensively. And it gives you, you know, different looks, especially if you want to go two tight ends, which we've seen the Chargers do several times. It's a lot different when it's Trey McKitty out there. Then when it's someone like Donna Parham being bookended by Gerald Everett, yeah. those are two weapons. Those are two offensive mismatches. Guys, you got to account is, for. Yeah, it especially helps you in the red zone. But I also think it helps you in between the 20s, because one of the things I feel like I saw a lot of training camp was the Chargers finding Donald Parham on that seam route up the middle of the field. Yeah. And that is an unstoppable play if you can get it right. And something that I think not only, you know, helps the Chargers as far as their explosive plays, but probably opens up. A lot more of that underneath stuff when you have a six foot eight, you know, unicorn running down the middle of the field. <laughs> Donald Parham has, you know, to come back and show that he can still do it. We haven't seen him sure. since his scary injury late last year against the Chiefs, you know, where we saw Tua kind of just have something similar and just kind of how scary that was in the moment on national yeah. television like that. He looked good on training camp, right? He, yeah. he hurt his hamstring. There had to be some kind of setback because he's been out for about a month and a half with it. So this is the closest he has been to coming back, has been to coming back. I'm going to reserve, you know, some of it. I don't think he's going to totally fix the Chargers big play problem, but I think he definitely helps. I said many times last year, I thought he was the second best yak threat after Austin Eckler. And I stand by that. Him and Gerald Everett, it's probably pretty close, but he has speed that Gerald Everett doesn't have. He has size that Gerald Everett doesn't have. So I think that is all going to really help the Chargers offense getting him back because I do think they thought of him as one of the focal points 
a guy that was going to be a big part of his offense and a guy that was kind of maybe not ready to break out with the addition of Gerald Everett, but somebody that definitely brings you, you know, a different element to your offense and another mismatch for your offense. Another guy that Justin Herbert is very comfortable throwing to. I'm excited to see it, David, especially with no Keenan Allen, you know, the Chargers can use all the weapons you'll get. And Keenan Allen, as we know right now is day to day, but that's going to wrap things up for today's show. Make sure you guys are back here tomorrow. We might do a little bit of a quarter season progress report and talk about if the Chargers are living up to expectations, maybe where they kind of how things are settling in in the AFC West and much more. But to make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel if you're watching now. Go click the button or follow the show for free wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever. And make sure you rate and review the show as well. We always really appreciate that. We also post the show every day to all of our social media. You can find it on my Twitter at Locked or at Dan Talk Sports. You can find it on David Drogmeyer's Twitter at Drotalk SD and his DMs are always open, or the show's Twitter at Lockdown LAC. We also post the show to our at Lockdown Chargers Instagram and our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. If you guys want to get your voicemails in to try to get on Wednesday's show this week, you can call into 323 524 7924 with your Chargers questions. Try to keep them short. The shorter they are, the more likely they are to get on the show. But that's going to wrap things up for us today. We're back here tomorrow with a little quarter season progress report. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.